Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. You are listening to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. And we have another Grand Slam in the books. The podcast is back after a little bit of a break due to some real life stuff. But we are back because it is the end of a Grand Slam. And as Brad Gilbert would say, you got to get up. You gotta put in that work when the end of the Grand Slam comes around. So what time is it now? In uh, Paris, it is 10.30 p.m. right now on Sunday, June 11th, 2023, 1.30 p.m. out here on the West Coast. It has been several hours now since Novak Djokovic has won his record-breaking 23rd Grand Slam men's singles title. And here's what we got coming up on the pod today. First, we have the trophy ceremony from today's men's championship. You're going to hear the on-court comments from Kasper Ruud and from Novak Djokovic on a historic day like this. I think it's important to include those audio sequences in the podcast for the sake of documentation and for any of my listeners out there that did not see the match today. Following that, you're going to hear the same for yesterday's Women's Championship when Iga Swiatek won her third Roland Garros title in four years. You're going to hear from the runner-up Carolina Muk- oh God, Carolina Muhova, and then you're going to hear from uh, the winner Iga Swiatek. Let's get the WTA pronunciation for that, shall we? I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, let's see. Here it comes. Hi, my name is Karolina Muhova. Karolina Muhova. Muhova. Hi, my name okay. is Karolina. Yes, yeah, so I did get it right. And then following the two trophy presentations, I'm going to speak to Tammy. Tammy is a former co-worker of mine who we used to work together at the Marsh Creek Country Club in St. Augustine, Florida, briefly in the summer of 2017. If you listened to the first Megapod, you heard from Madeline, who was also a co-worker of mine at Marsh Creek. And now here on Megapod 2, the sequel, we have Tammy. And... Tammy um, has been associated with Marsh Creek for a long time. She was a great, great guest on this podcast. It was the longest interview I've done on this podcast to date, and it was extremely good and extremely enjoyable. The two of us, they were definitely in our we were definitely in our element. So that's going to be the centerpiece of today's podcast for sure. So, just to recap, first, the men's trophy ceremony, second, the women's trophy ceremony, followed by my conversation with Tammy, coming up on today's episode of Trips Tennis Talk. (laughs) 
Novak Djokovic does what no man has done before. He wins a 23rd Grand Slam title to perhaps confirm himself as the greatest ever. Took tennis to otherworldly levels in all the big moments. He is a player like no other. A third roll on Garros crowd and becomes the first man to win all four majors at least three times. And when it mattered most, he had it all. Defeats Kasparud in three straight sets. You have to give the Norwegian credit. The first set was simply sensational. But it goes the way of the soon-to-be world number one once again. 7-6-6-3-7-5. Superb. Just breathtaking. And talk about emotion that he has played with uh, all tournament long. Uh, uh, there's going to be some massive hugs taking place in that player box. That's where Novak is moving towards, but PD gave it at all. Gave it all. Gave it everything in that particular match and uh, probably learned from his experience going for the calendar slam. And uh, was able to manage the effort, the energy reserves to get over the line. Of course, switched some of his team coming into this year. There were perhaps question marks due to that. But the formula he's found in 2023 has been the right one. It must be wonderful for him there with Tara and Stefan, his two children. His mum, dad, wife, and Tom Brady, of course. And a big warm hug for Diana and Sergeant. and his uncle, Goran. Not only is it tennis history, it's sporting history, and you can tell that by the faces we saw in the crowd today. Can you put into words what he's achieved in his career, what we've just witnessed today? What he will? Do you think he will at this, this ceremony that's coming? Just what he's achieved, you know, to get to 23. I, I, you know, just getting to 23, being able to... He has come up through this era that has included, you know, two other champions that deserve the tag of greatest to, of all time as well. But for me, this, this balance of Grand Slam victories is I, I, the tiebreak for me is that the deciding factor. Of course, the other two are brilliant champions, as is Rod Laver, as is Roy Emerson, as is Pete Sampras, that are on that greatest uh, or slams vict victories. But he has set himself apart by taking the title today. And of course, 
attentions might turn to the calendar slam now. He's won the first two slams of the year. It was a, a 21st Grand Slam match win in a row. Means he's now won three Grand Slams in a row as yeah. well, having not been able to play at the US Open the back end of last year. Yeah, heading on to surfaces now. Yannick Noah backstage. Gilles Moraton there as well. But heading to the grass of Wimbledon, he has succeeded. The, the transition is not as difficult these days. <laughs> Look at that special jacket that already has 23 adorned. A reminder, he's won Wimbledon seven times as well. So he'll be hunting an eighth title there, but for now, he will enjoy these very special moments. Roared on by a crowd who was certainly with him a little more than his opponent because there's just so many Serbian flags and he is a legend in sport, not only tennis. Yeah, it's not just the Roland Garros title. It's not just the third trophy that he has won here. What, what sets it apart is that it's Grand Slam 23. A thought for Casper uh, Ruud, what did you make of his performance in that final? Massive. That's some of his best tennis that he has, has played. He, he warmed to, prepared himself for this level that he, he put out thanks to that uh, victory in the quarterfinals. That was the test for him. He had to play some, some great tennis there and, and he did and continued it on, perhaps a, a little under uh, underdone Zverev or an overcooked Sasha Zverev in the semi-finals but he came out and gave himself the best opportunity and it, it's taken arguably the greatest ever to fight back and defend the play of Kasper Ruud. What was it kind of apt Mark as in how that final went in terms of we see the emotions of, of Novak Djokovic is his greatest asset his ability in the biggest moments, those pressure points. Can he do that better than anyone else? You, you, we mentioned the tiebreak. It was a flawless tiebreak. We see the last few points in terms of, I think he won 12 of the last 13 points at the end of the match as well. It, yep. Is that almost apt as in to win 23rd in that manner? Yeah, yes, and, and, and look, it, it, it'll fluctuate. And, and perhaps some of the aging process uh, that is going to be occurring as we move forward to turning 37 to not to in the in the too uh, distant future his game may change uh, you know in certain ways that keeping those points very concise but for the moment when he's playing some of these bigger points that's where he is playing fantastic and you reminded me he's actually now the oldest ever winner of Roland Garros as well just add that one to the record list as well it's a long list it is a very long list well, let's uh, listen into the ceremony and uh, sit back and enjoy.
qui ont officié cette semaine et lors de cette finale. De tous les clubs de France. Ils ont tournament aussi. Staff to Games. Now third those level. Roland Garros 2023. Les trophées seront remis par le président de la Fédération Française de Tennis, M. Gilles Moreton. Cérémonie pour Roland Garros. de celui qui remportait Roland Garros il y a 40 ans ici, Yannick Noah. Please welcome Gilles Moreton from the French Tennis Federation and Yannick Noah, winner here 40 years ago. the last Frenchman to lift the Coupe de Mosquetaire. Je vous propose de regarder ces images sur les écrans. We now look at some footage on the screen of Yannick Noah's triumph 40 years ago. J'ai toujours envie de le partager, c'est certainement que je sois comme ça, mais je pense qu'il y a pas mal de gens qui le méritent avec moi. Et Patrice est là, il y a Jean-Paul également, il y a toute la fédération. Tous ces gens qui ont travaillé avec moi depuis très longtemps, mais je pense que c'est un peu le fruit de tout ce travail en commun, que cette victoire à Roland-Garros. Cet instant, il restera en moi pour toujours. C'est un des moments, peut-être même le moment le plus fort de ma vie. Bonheur, tout ça. Nous allons saluer l'arbitre de la rencontre, Monsieur Damien Dumuzois. Finaliste du simple messieurs Roland Garros 2023, il disputait sa troisième finale en grand chelem. La deuxième à Roland Garros, le Norvégien Casper Ruud. 2023, Casper Ruud. Yes, um, I think we should start with Novak. Um, another day, another record for you. Um, and another day you rewrite tennis history once again. It's just, you know, it's tough to explain how incredible it is and how good you are and, uh, yeah, what an inspiration you are to so many people around the world. So, um, congratulations to you, to your team. I know this tastes probably the best out of all, so... Congrats. I'm... <laughs> I'm happy I'm the first one to congratulate you from here, from the stage. So I'm sure you will have many other congratulations. But uh, again, congrats to you, Goran, and everyone involved. You're doing an amazing job. So uh, uh, yeah, congrats again. And, uh, well, where should we start? I mean, Amelie, tournament director, you're putting on a great show once again, uh, doing everything you can for the players. And, 
Luckily, I think we had great weather these two weeks. It was a very, very beautiful time in Paris. And uh, of course, I, everyone will look forward to coming back and hoping uh, for another uh, great Roland Garros coming in the next year. And everyone involved voluntarily in the tournament, uh, ball boys especially, and then of course you have all the umpires and all the volunteers. Um, thanks for every to everyone for staying from early morning to late night for us to, to have everything we need. Uh, everyone sort of be on the camera, they are doing a great job, so thanks for uh, yeah, putting uh, all the effort into treating the players nice and uh, it makes, really makes a difference for us. And uh, to my own team, everyone involved, I cannot, uh, um, I cannot talk about every single one because it will take too long time, but you all know who you are, uh, but especially my father, my mother, my partner Maria, you are my closest one, so thank you so much for... <laughs> Thank you for all the work you do. Thank you for always staying with me. Thank you for pushing me, not just these two weeks, but every day of the year, all my life, since I was a little boy. It's been a long journey. I'm very happy that we can be back in the final here in Roland Garros after what happened last year. And I will do, and we will continue to work hard to try to come back to the final of Roland Garros once more. Thank you. And just lastly, to the French crowd, everyone here today and everyone here in the past two weeks, it was incredible to play in front of you. Incredible support. <laughs> this, this court is incredible to play in, uh, even though it's the first match of the day, the last match of the day, it's always full and it's always a joy playing in front of uh, this passionate French crowd and gives me motivation to work hard to come back and play in front of you again next year. So thank you to everyone. Vainqueur du simple messieurs Roland Garros 2023. Il obtient son troisième titre à Roland Garros. Le 23e en grand chelem. Le premier joueur masculin. The edition 2023 Roland Garros for the third time. And for the 23rd time at Grand Slam level. 23rd Grand Slam title. Novak Djokovic.
Mesdames, Messieurs, en l'honneur du vainqueur, l'hymne national serbe. Ladies and gentlemen, the Serbian national anthem. There is one proud patriot, Novak Djokovic, Mr. Serbia. Novak, avant de prendre la parole, and Novak, before we give you the microphone, your 23rd title is a record. The Federation, the FFT, would like to honor you with a small presentation. It's a replica of the Coupe des Mousquetaires, but on all four sides, there are your titles at the four Grand Slams. Special award from the French Tennis Federation, the governing body of tennis in France, which owns and administers Roland Garros. Hello, everyone. I'm going to start in French. At least I'm going to try. Thank you once more for a really special atmosphere. I'm obviously very happy to share this very special moment with you, this special moment in my career, with you in this very special moment in my life. It's not a coincidence that that I've won the 23rd Grand Slam title here in Paris because this tournament is very much the hardest tournament to win for me for all my career for lots of reasons on court, off court and I have to say that 
I'm very proud and very happy to be here on this very special court. So thank you very much for your presence, for your support, for your energy today and throughout the whole tournament this year. Thank you so much. And I'm still looking for a French teacher. Uh, okay, I switched to English. Um, Kasper, um, thank you for your nice words. Appreciate that you are, uh, not because we are standing here, but uh, you are one of the best uh, persons on the tour. You know, best personalities, people uh, around the tour, players, coaches, everybody respects you, appreciates you, loves you, and uh, it's with a great reason. It's with a great reason. And uh, I had to say that first because uh, I really feel that uh, today, in today's world, it's important to, to note when somebody, you know, has the real uh, human values, right life values, and you and your team, your father, your coaches, your family, everybody has been super, super nice to me and my team and to everybody around, so you deserve a great respect and great applause for that. I'm sorry for the result today, you know, for sure. That's uh, not the, the, the best way to finish for you, you know, but uh, you've had uh, an incredible couple of years here. Finals last year, finals this year, and uh, you've been one of the most consistent players on the, in the world for the last couple of years. You played, I think, three or four Grand Slam finals out of uh, five, six last uh, Grand Slams that you played. So it, it, it speaks about your quality of tennis and your consistency. And I wish you really all the best. Uh, I wish you to win against uh, anybody except me when you play me, you know. But <laughs> if I lose earlier in the Grand Slam, you can win it, no problem. Um, and now I, I, I would like to say that uh, it's a great honor to have Yannick Noah today. Uh, 40 years of anniversary since you won here. Um, I remember, you know, uh, I was really, really young when you were retiring from tennis, but uh, I watched your videos uh, with a great joy and, and I just uh, appreciated and loved your enthusiasm, you know, that uh, was transformed into music after your tennis career and uh, what you bring to the people, the kind of a positivity and an energy is, is something very special. So just wanted to say that and uh, it's a great to have you here. Thank you very much. My team, my family, my kids, my wife, my parents, everyone is here. My two brothers are not here, but I love them very much. Um, uh, you guys, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, you know what we've been through, uh, the trials and tribulations every single day. Uh, you know how difficult I can be on a daily basis. So I want to thank you, first of all, 
for patience and tolerance because probably that stands out more than anything else. Knowing what I've done to you the last few weeks, uh, people don't know, but behind the closed doors I was really torturing you. So I really appreciate being my rock, being my support and believing in me. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I would like to thank, uh, as Casper uh, did, to Amelie and to the tournament uh, organization. Uh, obviously, Grand Slam is a Grand Slam. You know, four biggest tournaments that we have in the history of our sports, uh, in our sport, the tennis, and uh, every single player uh, dreams of being in this stage and winning the trophy at least once in their career. I am beyond uh, fortunate in my life to, to win 23 times Grand Slams. Uh, it's, it's an incredible, <laughs> incredible feeling. I mean, um, I, I would like to use the moment. I mean, I, I've been talking too much. I know, I know. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I would say a few more things, please. Uh, my, my, my kids are here and I always try to, I always try to convey some, uh, some values, some messages, something that uh, they can learn from, something that, I don't know, they can uh, draw some, uh, some inspiration, you know, and I really hope, judging by their smile, I, I think they're enjoying it. And I, I would just like to send a message to every young person out there, whatever you're pursuing in the world, whether it's tennis, sports or any, anything else, you know, I, I was a seven-year-old dreaming that uh, I could win Wimbledon and become number one in the world one day. Uh, as I said, I'm beyond grateful and blessed to, to be standing here with so many incredible achievements. But uh, one thing is for sure. Um, I feel that I, have, I had the power to create my own destiny. I try to visualize every single thing in my life, uh, not only believe it, but really feel it with every every cell in my body. And I just want to send a message out there to every young person. Be in the present moment. Forget about what happened in the past. Future is something that is just going to happen. But if you want a better future, you create it. Take the means in your hands. Believe it. Create it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm starting to enjoy this uh, very, very much, you know. <laughs> I will uh, say, last but not least, I want to thank uh, football stars for being here. Giroud, Ibra, Mbappé, Tom Brady. I want to thank everybody for coming out and supporting. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm sorry if I missed somebody, but uh, it's a great honor to have uh, incredible uh, football and sports stars. Ibra, ti ja se znamo, neko već vreme, ti si mi drugar. But everybody else, thank you for coming and uh, see you next year. Srbija! Well, he's a remarkable individual. Feelings are often mixed about him, I suspect that's because the Federer Nadal duopoly was so popular and he was the third man but he's exceeded the achievements of Federer and Nadal and whether you like or dislike him you have to respect that achievement it is a remarkable 
body of work that he has amassed. Ten Australian Opens, seven Wimbledons, three US Opens, and now three at what was, till now, his weakest slam. It was the last one that it took him to win twice, and now he's become the first male player to win each of the four majors at least three times. Sviantec asserts her position as the dominant female competitor of this generation. Shame it had to end on a double fault, but you could see what it means to her. And she had to work really hard for that. She defends her title. It's a third Roland Garros title, a fourth Grand Slam singles title. And she remains the woman to beat. Lucielle. Well, you can see exactly what it meant to her. So I'm sure she's going up to... But hopefully she'll, she'll be... It's been a Team. They've had to dip into, especially throughout the win. Zanlock, I, Ballet, Anemia. Ceremony. Present Shield. 18 titles in majors. Seven of them in majors. Chris Evers. Runner-up, first time in the final of a Grand Slam singles tournament, Karolina Mukova. Sometimes forget that the reason the players are on this podium is because they play good tennis, not because they've chosen to be public speakers. Thank Comes you. easily to some, not to others. Thank you very much. I'll try to keep it short because it's a bit emotional. This is incredible. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.
It's been amazing to actually three weeks here in Paris for me and, and for my team. This was so close, but yeah, so far that, that happens when you play one of the best um, IGA. So I, I want to congratulate you out loud once again and your team. Thank um, everyone behind the curtains as well, the, the people who help us um, in lockers and everywhere, physios, ball um, kids, every volunteer who is um, involved. It's, it's been amazing tournaments. I would repeat, uh, repeat myself again, so thank you very much. I would like to thank each one of you. It's impossible, but thank you very much, guys. I think I wouldn't be standing here if you were not pushing me each match and um, the energy and everything. I've, I've never, never lived this, and this is uh, unbelievable. So thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. And the last one to, to my team, to my box. This is the hardest one. Um, you know, when, when I look at those people, I, I actually feel like I'm the winner, so thank you. One last thing, uh, again, thanks to my coaches and my, my parents, my friends. Um, yeah, I, I hope this is only beginning for us. We come a long way and um, yeah, we're we gonna keep it stronger and come back. Thank you. No, no, you stay, you stay. Vainqueur du simple dame Roland Garros 2023, elle obtient son quatrième titre en grand chelem, le troisième à Roland Garros, Iga Chiantek. Champion, winner of her fourth Grand Slam singles title, Iga Chiantek. Trophy very hard. It shows you what it means to her. Maybe she can celebrate without the lead.
Mesdames, Messieurs, si vous n'êtes pas debout, merci de vous lever pour écouter l'hymne national en honneur de la gagnante, l'hymne national de la Pologne. And Mark Marina asks everyone to stand for the national anthem of Poland. Playing two hours, 46 minutes of tennis wasn't enough. There will now be a number of photos, but that will follow Iga's words to the crowd. Thank you, guys. Um, first of all, congrats to Carolina. Um, my members of my team are witnesses that even since we first played, I knew that we're going to play, you know, tough matches, play these finals because I was really struck with your variety in court and I really hope we're going to have many more finals. And congrats to your team as well. I know how much teams are important in, that, in our sport, even though it's individual sport, I wouldn't be here without my team. So really, thank you guys. Sorry for being such a pain in the... I'll, <laughs> I'll try to do better. I know that we won this tournament, but but it's not easy, you know, and being on tour for a couple of weeks without breaks, it's tough. So I'm really happy that we can feel satisfied right now and just celebrate. Thank you, guys. Thank you to my family as well. Um, so many people came from Poland. I really feel the love, so... Um, Thank you. I ogromne podziękowania dla mojego taty. Bez niego by mnie tu nie było. Bez dwóch zdań. And I know I've been saying that every year, but it's not about really the performance. I really love being here and I basically it's my favorite place on tour so thank you guys everybody um, tournament organizers sponsors people who are working behind the scenes as Carolina said um, really you're making this tournament so great for us that it's always a pleasure to come back and just give 100% you know so so thank you guys I also want to thank my sponsors uh, who are supporting me and you guys for coming, for giving us the energy. It was so loud today on the semifinals, incredible really. And um, I hope next year the atmosphere is going to be even better. So thank you for coming and enjoy.
So for the third time, Igor Svantec is the Roland Garros champion. Won here in 2020, 2022, and now 2023. Becoming the first player to defend her title since Justine Annan. Understandably so, her favourite place on tour. The fact that she's got uh, Coupe Suzanne Longlen for the third time, becoming the youngest player, incidentally, to defend the title since Monica Sellers, way back in 1992. But what an effort it was as well from Karolina Mukova. Looked like it was going one way, didn't it? With Fiontek leading by a set and two love and in control. But the Czech using that variety gave the world number one an almighty shock. But Igor Svjontek was able to withstand that pressure and turn things around in the third set herself for Grand Slam number four. Also means she will stay as the world number one. It's been a difficult year for the pole when you consider what she was doing in 2022, mopping up every single title. There were certainly question marks both from a fitness point of view and from a confidence point of view heading into these championships. But she has answered those questions. I didn't notice the Pierre. <laughs> yeah, that's my actual real name. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yes, I am Pierre Andre. Um, I mean, that is your dad too, right? Isn't your dad Pierre? Yeah, my dad is Pierre Jr. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, Tammy, are you ready? Uh, I guess. We'll give it a try. <laughs> all right. So here we go. All right. Okay. So just to bring in the people that are listening to this, um, it's about an hour and a half after Djokovic defeated Casper Ruud in the 2023 Roland Garros Men's Championship. Tammy, yes. first question. So, okay. Pete Sampras <laughs> has got 14 majors. Roger Federer's mm -hmm. got 20. Rafa mm -hmm. Nadal, 22. And now Novak Djokovic has the men's singles record 23 <laughs> grand slams. What is your mm -hmm. reaction to that? Hmm. First thing is, how long did it take him to go from 22 to 23? Uh, One major. Four months. One month? Oh, yeah. No, but before the Australian. Wasn't it a while because of COVID? Um, he, le he won Wimbledon last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then he didn't get points. That's right. Huh. So I, I, Yeah, I, wow. I can pull huh. it up here. He's got... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's just funny because, I mean, they kept him out of the Australian, so he couldn't win that one. In 2022. Right, and then the U.S. Open, he got beat, I believe, by Medvedev. Medvedev, right? Uh, it, it, in 2021, that was. In 2022, yeah. he couldn't play. Right, in 2022. And then there was a major where he hit the lines person in the throat. Yeah, that was the U.S. <laughs> Open 2020. See, I, I love this, Tammy. You're, you're, making, you're keeping me on my toes. Yeah. Uh, that's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you always have all the good dates. So I just, yeah, I kind of you know, put it all together. But, um, but anyway, so, um, in a way it took a long time to get to 23 in a way. Cause he had, you know, some other opportunities, but then he got sidetracked because of hitting a lines person in the throat and then COVID. And so, uh, 
what do I think about it? Gosh, I think he went through a lot to get there. I don't, you know, John McEnroe said today he's never seen anyone um, been given lemons and make lemonade better than Djokovic, you know, for him to turn around. I mean, even, even the Australian, I mean, he was in, you know, almost Australian jail the year before that and was able to put that aside and go win the Australian, you know, Um, you know, he's, not always been fans with all the, I mean, fans with the fans. We'll get to that. <laughs> so he's always had that controversy, you know. Um, and then the other thing that I think about is what John Jacobson said one time. And that John is, Jacobson is our former boss at Marsh Creek <laughs> yes, for the people listening. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that he did this during Nadell and Federer, yep. which is almost more amazing, you know, because what they did was amazing, and you had to beat them at their primes and then surpass them, you know? Um, so that's that's pretty incredible. Um, and I was kind of just surprised to see how well he did against Carlos. Um, in a way, only because Carlos has been playing, you know, Djokovic didn't get to play any of the thousands, and, you know, he's been sidetracked. So, But he wanted it. I mean, he's worked hard. Um the other thing is, I mean, his whole life, I mean, the way he eats, the way he does, it's all about getting to this point, you know? So, so it's, it's, I, I loved in the interview where he thanked the team for putting up with him because I could only imagine um, what that must be like, what he goes through with those ups and downs and, you know, the moods that he goes through that they have to endure <laughs> during those weeks, you know, and years with the COVID stuff and everything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Tammy, you are way underselling yourself. This is good. You're not going to have any trouble doing this. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll see, Trump. We'll see. My pronunciation is going to be my biggest downfall, especially if you're asking me any of these Russians names or I'm so bad at all of that. But Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Djokovic there. Yeah, <laughs> which is amazing because now we have the Serbian basketball player coming up. Yeah, and that Nik- could Nikola Jokic yeah. game five. He could win the NBA yep. championship mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, yep. So that's um, you know how many? Do you know how much the population of Serbia is? No, but I can type that in right now. Let's find out what the population <laughs> of Serbia is, yeah. Tammy. This is good. It is. <laughs> um, it is the population of Serbia is. Um, six point six million. Hmm. So to have to have Djokovic yeah. and Jokic, yeah, yeah, you know, at pretty much the same time have yes. the success they're having, statistically <laughs> yes, unlikely to statistically come from one unlikely. country. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. and not and not of Dennis background. I mean, I think Djokovic's family owned a pizza parlor, right? <laughs> I so, believe that's correct. Yeah, and yeah. Like so, you said, like you said a minute yeah. ago about him making lemons out of lemonade, that's mm-hmm. his whole life, right? Everyone yep. remembers the the stories <laughs> about him practicing in the bathtub or in the swimming yeah. pool in yep. um, war war torn Serbia, and yep. you know his early career, which we'll get to, which he had yep. his, tr- his struggles, um, yep. his struggles yep. passing the other two guys. Um, yes yes but even in the last couple with years his, uh, with the health um uh, and i don't know if you want to get into that now but um you know asthma uh really bad um yep. you know if you go back and watch some of the old older matches he couldn't even breathe 
in some of the matches and uh, it was a fan or, or watching TV um, and said, I know what, I know what your problem is. It was a doctor and he got a hold of them. And that's when they discovered to take the gluten out of his diet and all that stuff, which changed his career completely. And that was just from a guy on TV watching that, that told him that. Let's, um, and, yeah. let's, let's go back even further. Topic two here. Let's start mm-hmm. at the beginning and let's let's make it personal to the two of us. When was okay. the, when was the first time you remember watching Djokovic? <laughs> you know, I don't know that. And that's I don't know. I mean, I'm a tennis I'm addicted to tennis in every way. I, I work in it, I play tennis, I watch tennis when I'm not playing. And so I've just, you know, I grew up in South Florida. Um so Chris Everett was at our school. Um, so I was intimidated to ever really play um, the sport, you know, so I kind of did it in the back where nobody ever saw me, like, hitting on a garage door and stuff. So, I mean, I've just watched tennis since the moment I can remember. And I don't know, Djokovic, this is funny, he looks a little bit like my son's. So that kind of attracted me. I also like that. You know, people make fun of this because he was kind of raw and like he, you know, would win a car and they said they would all like be running around the car, like celebrating and dancing on the car. And, you know, it was very not well mannered and in stuff like that. But I was like, well, gosh, if the average person just wins a car, they are that excited, you know, like so I was like pretty excited. Like he was just the way he was like he wasn't polished. It wasn't calculated. It was just he was Djokovic. And then I've always liked that, you know, but I like his his play his game um is a little bit of everything um you know he and now you know he's trying to you know put the drop shots in. He, he still has a bit trouble with those overheads though even today um but you know he gets back balls that nobody else could get back he was faster i mean you know i don't know it was i guess you know i but i can't remember i i would say it's been a while ago, though. It's, gosh, I can't even remember. Well, for <laughs> for me, the, when I came on board the tennis train, it was 2008 Wimbledon. And um, I suppose that would have been the first time where I really actually saw him and sat down to watch him. And at 2008 Wimbledon, he was upset in the second round by Murat Safin who went on to make the semifinals. So it was actually a surprising early loss for Djokovic that week. But since that was my first tournament that I really sat down and watched, I would mm-hmm. I would say that was one of the first times that I saw him. And you said the U.S. Open trip? Um, that was 2008 Wimbledon. Oh, Wimbledon. Okay, sorry. Um, um, wow, that's interesting. You know, I was in 2008, I was at the French Open. Oh, and really? I remember everybody talking about Nadell and Federer, and I can't even remember thinking about Djokovic. I actually got you. You would go into a lottery uh, at the, in those years. Um, to, you don't get to pick what court or the players, and you don't find out till that morning who you were going to get to see. Crazy. And Nadal was in on the court that I got, and he was third to play that day. Do you, do you and, remember who um, he played? He well, it got rained out, and uh. they didn't have roofs then. And when you get rained out, you get rained out. There's no rain tickets, no nothing. As long as you saw one match, and it didn't rain the first match, 
and he was third match on my court. Um, but so I'd see, I don't even remember thinking about trying to see Djokovic then. Uh, I've seen Djokovic in real life though at the Miami Open. Yep. And uh, skinny, skinnier than I thought, but more muscular. Like nothing on his body moved. I was actually walking behind him because uh, I volunteer at Miami Open and I was walking right behind him. And uh, I mean, that's what I noticed was in life he was skinnier and just extremely muscular. Um, so, yes, I would say somewhere around then that I really started to get fascinated by him or really became a fan of his, you know, so right around that, that time, I would say. Why do you like him? <laughs> um, well, like I said, I, I feel he's, you know, he he's the way he is. Like, it's not always going to be for everybody, but he's the way he is. You know, I feel a lot of them are polished. And, and what way is that? And well-behaved. Well, yeah. I mean, like, Federer, you know, he was, he had a bad temper. And I mean, he fixed it, which was great, you know. But after that, he always seemed to, like, you know, he said what was supposed to be said. He acted the way he was supposed to, you know, say things. And he was always well-mannered. But I, I always felt like that wasn't the real him. Like, I, I always felt like that's what they wanted him to be. And Djokovic didn't do that. Like, he said things he shouldn't. He did things he shouldn't. But he was always, you know, the real him. Um, I just read this article. And I don't know if you could see it. I saw it on um, Facebook. And it was about uh, uh, John, John uh, Millman. The Australian guy wrote it and he was talking about how Djokovic is like the 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 villain that's really a hero and he talks about all the things that that he has done like behind the scenes and you know I like that too because nobody even knows all these things that he does you know that he does it where he's not trying to get the recognition for it um so like during COVID for example um, these players, you know, couldn't make any money. Um, uh, everything was kind of shut down. The prize money went way down. So, you know, they were losing money. So he, uh, financed certain challengers and tournaments and gave the prize money, uh, just for these players to be able to, you know, continue playing tennis and, and make money. Um, he is the one who put money in the uh, bushfires for Australia. You know, and then they, you know, millions of dollars for that. Just, you know, all kinds of things. He's a UNICEF ambassador. Uh, he's now, what, trying to run that um, thing for the players. the PTPA. PTPA, you know, to make sure that the players are, you know, he's one fighting for, you know, more people to make money, the players to make money. So not only this, the top players are making money so that the money goes, you know, all the way down to, you know, so more people can can afford to do this. So just, you know, things like that. I, I like how he's a family man. Um, you know, I like how he has his kids there and he's very, you know, involved with everything that's going on with him. And, you know, the, the little boy's always with him and on the treadmill with him. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want any parents ever force a sport, you know, but it seems like he's the son genuinely likes the sport and to be around his dad, which is nice. So just stuff like that. You know. Um. Alrighty. Um. Well, are you a fan of Djokovic, Trip? Yeah. So me personally, <laughs> it's it's a little bit different now. I've gone through a couple phases with him. When he came to his 
era of prominence in 2011 when he had the great run and went to the top of the game. I became a big fan of his. Oh, wow. And definitely liked him more than Nadal. I liked him probably more than Federer, but I I, I liked Federer too. It was like th- those two guys, and then Nadal was definitely third for me personally. Um, but And you were just kind of getting into this. You were kind of talking about his off-the-court career, and mm-hmm. we can get into the bad parts now. Um, okay, yeah. Because you know, I've he, heard a little bit here and there, yeah. He can be incredibly dumb when it comes to off-the-court stuff. Um, yes. <laughs> in, in my opinion, yeah. and you know, I'm talking yeah. about the vaccination stuff here, mostly. Yeah. Um, yes. And, you know, that's been covered elsewhere. We don't have to get into that now. But I, after the vaccination uh, stuff, I, I don't like him as much as I did. Like, right. I don't, I'm not saying I hate him, but, right. you know, like, I was definitely happy to see him win today, and it's pretty cool to see him break yeah. this record. But it's just, yeah, it's didn't just, you uh, like all those uh, famous athletes, all the football players? They were watching. Yeah. The, can you believe Tom Brady was in his box? That was no, crazy. I can't believe Tom Brady was in his <laughs> I, box. So me neither. <laughs> y- y- you know what Casper Rude should have done, Tammy? He should have had Pat Mahomes in his box. Maybe he would have <laughs> had a chance. <laughs> or no, Giselle. <laughs> yeah, or, or Joe Burrow. Or, or yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, shout out Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, um, yeah, so we definitely. Can, let's, we'll skip. We're on the same page there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll skip. We'll, um, we'll skip around here. This is a good question. But, to- I mean, it was kind of interesting with the vaccination. You know that you can kind of see. You know, like I was saying. You know, like you know, they interviewed his wife one time, Djokovic's wife, and they said, like, you know, what can you tell us about him that nobody would know? And she said, he just stretches twenty four hours a day. He's just constantly stretching his body. You know, and so and then his eating, you know, is so meticulous and everything that, you know, I could understand in his situation why maybe he didn't want to put that vaccine in his body, you know, and, you know, whether that's right or wrong, you know, he is that meticulous. And, you know, here he is at 36, you know, in pretty good shape. So you got to believe, you know, some of the stuff he's doing, which did you see this? uh Coin thing he had taped to his chest? No, I didn't. What was it? So, yeah, so everybody was making this thing because he has this, like, and I don't know all the answers to this right now, so we'll have to look it up, but he had, like, a like a medallion, like a coin thing, and it was almost like scotch tape in oh, the middle boy. of his chest. And supposedly they said today it was something like acupuncture with some, like, kind of neon lights or something. So, you know... Uh, Mary Grill was saying, you know, like him and I forget who else she said, you know, sometimes they're a little wacky, <laughs> some of the choices they make. But then, you know, who's to judge when, you know, they're 36 and they're playing like, you know, they're in their 20s still. And this game's just almost getting better, you know, so it's hard to argue with it. But, you know, they make some weird choices. <laughs> I mean, Djokovic won, right? I mean, in the yeah. end, in the end. He won yep. the vaccine battle, whether you like it or not. Yep, yep, yep he did. You in know, the, and, in the uh, end, he's won. You know, he's kind of the the whole sort of Zen weirdo guru image, <laughs> but yep. it works for him. 
It worked for him. Hey, didn't the Beatles do that too, Trip? You know, I, I mean, they did something. They did. They did they other did. things, Tammy. Yeah, but yeah, they weren't maybe as clean with their bodies. I think no. there were some drugs in there. Right? Yes, they were. It's, so yes, Joseph they is showing the the non-drugs in yeah. hippie way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, but anyway, I probably got sidetracked off your question. Sorry. Next topic. It kind of goes okay. with this. Okay. And I'm going to kind of set it up here. So why is Djokovic not as well liked by his peers and by the fans as Federer and mm-hmm. Nadal is? And just to quickly mm-hmm. give some examples for the audience here. Um, when F- when Djokovic was playing Federer in those Wimbledon finals three, four, five years ago, the British crowd support for Federer was insane and when Mm -hmm. Djokovic won it was almost stone silence out there yes Um, I remember that Federer gets great reception wherever he goes Nadal gets great reception wherever he goes Mm -hmm. um yeah and and and, hold on just real quick with the (laughs) with the peers too the -hmm. the players don't like Djokovic that much why is Mm. that well, I think that is changing. That's what Johnny Amilman was saying about that, you know, because he supported all these players. So it's changing a little bit, you know. Um, I do want to say, you know, I've lived in Europe. My husband's European, and they're all about manners. They're not – they don't show their emotions on their sleeves like Americans, for sure. Um, so Federer fits in that category. He is so well-mannered. He's, I mean, and and so – that makes sense to me. You know, like I said, Djokovic is very raw and he doesn't do the things he should do or say the things he should say. So I think that, you know, strikes a bad chord for a lot of people. And then the fact that, you know, Federer and Nadal were kind of around before Djokovic, people kind of were choosing either Federer or Nadal, you know, that's kind of what it was. And then he kind of came in the middle of that. So there wasn't like a whole lot of people left. You know, everybody at that point was either kind of a Federer or Nadal fan. And then this kid comes and starts beating, you know, their heroes. And so I don't think that was, you know, well-liked either. So, you know, that's my opinion. You know, I don't really know if that's true or not. But, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. All right. um, Next one. Why was... I wanted to say, one thing he does do, though, and, and I'm surprised that Nadal never did and stuff, though, is like... He learns all their languages wherever he goes. He can almost always speak in their languages. Federer can speak multiple languages, too. Multiple, too. I agree. But Nadal's never, you know. Correct. Um, But, no. But, but, yeah, where Federer lives and where Djokovic lives, I mean, there's a lot of different countries around them. So they're kind of used to learning different languages, you know. But Spain is that way, too, in a way. I mean, they're right around a lot of countries. So I don't know. But anyway... Um, I, I like that they, I mean, I could never do that. I can barely speak English, so <laughs> I admire that. <laughs> Mine's good. all slang, you know? <laughs> so anyway, what was the next question? <laughs> so let's talk about the head-to-head in terms of mm. matches. Why was, mm-hmm. or, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I do know in 2011, the Nadal-Djokovic head-to-head was 16-7 to in favor of Nadal. And Federer had a big lead as well, and I can. Wow! And what year was that? 2011. And I, wow. I, I'm gonna look okay. it up. I'm gonna look it up here when you're talking. But why okay. was Djokovic able to turn his head to head around and have winning records now against both of them? 
I would go back to what I said about the health thing. He was having a lot of problems with his asthma, his breathing, his diet, and they couldn't figure it out, which I'm sure they're going to figure out this Alcaraz thing with the cramping in no time, you know? Um, but that, in my opinion, is what made the big turnaround because he was kind of getting close to finals with them and stuff like that. But it, you could see, like I said, if you watch some of the old matches, he couldn't breathe and stuff. And so then they got his health straightened out. And I think that was um, a big turnaround. Um, I also wanted to, I forgot to say this, that um, in 2000, what year was it that he was going for the Grand Slam and Medvedev beat him in the U.S. Open? 21. 21. Remember how all the fans were rooting for him and he couldn't believe it? Correct. And he was like crying? Yep. That was sad. <laughs> you know, but again... You know, another thing where, you know, he keeps giving these lemons and he keeps making lemonade, you know, and they say that he would take all that, you know, negativity. And, and like I think he said in one interview that he turned it around and pretended they were rooting for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know? I think it was and during that, the Federer Wimbledon finals where he said that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and he uses it to like almost get himself motivated, you know, like it almost aggravates him enough that he actually starts playing better, you know? And so again, you you got to admire somebody that, I mean, they throw everything at him <laughs> to try to keep him down, you know, and somehow he keeps rising to the top, you know, so you got to like that about people, you know, Absolutely. anybody who, who can, you know, do that. So, th so that would be probably my biggest reason why I like him. <laughs> Just to get the official numbers here on that. Um, yes. So at the end of 2010, Federer led Djokovic 13 to six, and wow. now Djokovic leads him 27 to 23. So wow. Let, let me see if I can do the mental math there. So it was six to 13, 13, 23 minus 13, 10, 27 minus six. So it'd be 21 to 10. So in the last 31 times they played, Djokovic has beaten him on a two to one basis. That's pretty, wow. That's pretty dominating. Yeah. Over and a like period you said, 10 years. We're, we're talking about the other two best players ever in the history of the sport. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that you're having that kind of wins against, you and know, two, so, and pretty for, impressive. Yeah. For <laughs> Nadal, Nadal was up 16 to seven and now Djokovic is up 30 to 29. So he's come back wow. to lead that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I remember when they were tied for a while. Is there any sort of game or technical reasons why that happened like you know i would say yeah, yeah. djokovic's yeah. serve definitely got better that's why he was definitely. able to turn it around um, 100% yes it was a good Agreed. matchup especially against yeah. nadal for a while yeah yep um and i mean physically i mean everybody knew nadal's game was so much more physical that you know he would start having injuries and and pain where djokovic you know the game was was going to last longer, you know, it wasn't as hard on the body. Um, I would think right now he's, you know, I remember years ago they used to say he would never do a drop shot because he felt that was almost like cheating. You know, that was like a cop out of not real tennis. That's a very and 2008 now, attitude. Toward attitude tennis. Right? Exactly. And so the drop shot has made what a huge comeback <laughs> and everybody's using that thing. Um, so, I mean, that's going to help him right now. Um, to just kind of stay up with the younger players. Um, I don't know. Do you think Djokovic is faster 
than Federer and Nadal? I think it's possible. I mean, certainly now. I mean, definitely uh, his endurance, you know, I think he can tire them out. You know, they always say, like, he kind of plays the game more like a chess game, you know. And Andy Roddick once said, you know, first he takes your legs and then he takes your soul. Yeah. I mean, he would run Federer and Nadal. I mean, I don't know, when you play tennis, I mean, you start off, you know, fresh and, you know, after you play a set in the hot sun, your game kind of goes down, you know. So I would say his endurance definitely helped, you know, that he could last longer and, than maybe. And, the- and, and Tammy, the two the two big matches that showed that, number one, mm-hmm. the 2011 Miami final, uh, yeah. Djokovic versus Nadal, that was 7-6 like three and a half hours in the in the heat of the Miami day. And yeah. Djokovic got <laughs> Remember that? that? And then they tried to interview him, and, and they needed to sit down and they had to get him chairs and, because and, they couldn't even stand for the interview. And that was the 2012 Australian <laughs> Open final, the six-hour yeah. match. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Djokovic won them both against <laughs> yep. Nadal, who was considered this kind of unbeatable physical guy that could play for 24 hours straight. Yep. So that was a big. Yep. That was a big. Yeah. That was a big period. And then I guess the the Wimbledon, right, with uh, Federer. That that could be more that mental. That was five sets. Yeah. 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 Shorter points, and you know, sets. obviously Federer yeah. plays shorter points. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's always like something with those three in general. You know, people could beat them, but when it always got to these slams where you had to play best of five. It was always a different story, right? Yeah, and the format is kind of an interesting side question here. Think about, so, how do I want to say this? All three of those guys, Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal, they're all sort of old school players that are still Mm -hmm. hanging around, you know, except Mm -hmm. for Federer. Um, Uh You know, best of five, if you do it more, you kind of get it. Yeah, right. And I, I'm not asking yeah. this very well, but like Djokovic showed a mastery of the format of the game uh-huh. against Alcaraz with the, yes. with the third and fourth sets. And today mm-hmm. he showed a mastery of the game. He hung in the first set. It was a long set, but he won mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then it was basically over after that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, but like. These, mm-hmm. The younger players, if you're Alcaraz, how many years have you played best of five? Two or three years? And you do it yeah. four times a year, maybe? Davis Cup. And you're not hitting, and you're not hitting with somebody like Djokovic where yeah. these, you know, what it was it, two sets, I think, was over three hours already with that match, wasn't it? It, it was close. I, I don't remember yeah, the exact it was number. In, I mean, you know, he's probably never playing that long and, and never that long of points, you know? Well, you know, think, well, the U.S. Open, Tammy, remember the five-hour match against Yannick Sinner? But yeah. um, Djokovic is a different yeah. cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they say what, he, le- he learns to manage his energy. He He knows, you know, when to save it up, when to play it, you know? I mean, obviously, like I said, it's, you know, he's, he lives and breathes tennis. I mean, you know, it's not like he's partying on the weekends like Magaro and them did, you know. And then go and go you cannot be serious. Yeah, I mean, they wrote that in their books. They'd all be at the nightclubs all night long, and then get like two hours of sleep and go play Wimbledon, you know. But um, you know, he he lives and breathes it. I mean, you know, he he's living the life for that to happen. That's not easy, you know. 
You know, you really got to want it that bad to have that kind of discipline, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he manages it well. I think, like he says, the experience, you know, he, he knows. And then again, like, you know, anybody else like rude came out today, like on fire. Right. And, you know, other people might've, might've folded, you know, but he just keeps hanging in there, keeps hanging in there, keeps hanging in there, you know? He just he just doesn't let it get to him, you know. He just mentally is so so tough to to keep fighting it, you know. Casper so, Reed definitely played better today than he did in last year's Roland Garros final. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think about that with him, Trip? Because they said he didn't really take an off season this year, um, so he could travel around with Nadal, and so he had kind of a slow start because he didn't have any time to rest. Um, and but then he kind of is peaking at the right times. I mean, what did they say? I believe he's been in the last three finals. Three out of, of five. The, three out of five of the slams. Yeah. I mean, do you think so, his game uh, deserves that? So yeah, we can talk about Casper Rude for a second. Um, so it's interesting, Tammy, with your question. Did, did he have a bad season, or was it a bad decision to play the the tour with Rafa? And there's two parts. Mm-hmm. Number one. I think I'm going to end up with no, it was not a bad decision, and here's why. So, mm-hmm. Australian mm-hmm. Open this year, he lost in the second round, and he lost to, hang on a second, he lost to, uh, where is it? He lost to Jensen Brooksby in the second oh, wow. round in Australia, but he didn't play, like <laughs> he didn't play the year before because he was injured, so he had a mm. better Australian Open result this year, technically. Mm. And good for his point, yeah. His clay season, I, you know, our good friends over at the Tennis Podcast, the real professionals, which you should be listening to <laughs> instead of us. They made, We're amateurs. We're amateurs. You even announce it. <laughs> they, they made the point that Rude's clay season results were the same last year as they were this year. He lost hmm. early in Monte Carlo both times. He made hmm. the semis in Rome both times. And he made the finals of the French both times. Wow. So... Maybe oh. we're, we're thinking about him differently because he's made these finals, but he's right. kind of the same guy. Gotcha. So kind of well, interesting. Well, I'm with you too. I would agree with you because I mean, who's getting that experience? And yeah, even if he gets a slow start to this year, you know, he needs that experience of you know going around with Nadell and learning so much. So in the long run, that's going to pay off. And like you said, it didn't really even hurt him that much. But you know? look, look at his slam yeah. results. This is kind of interesting. Yeah. French Open, final. Australian Open, second round. U.S. Open, final. Wimbledon, second round. French Open, wow. final. Australian Open, <laughs> didn't play. U.S. Open, second round. Wimbledon, first round. So it's like he either goes all the way up there or he flames <laughs> out in the first couple days. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Like, huh? at, Wimbledon, well, we'll to... at Wimbledon, I would not expect him to do much. In he, yeah. he has one, two, three, four appearances. He has one victory in four. Wow! Because he's a clay quarter. He's not a grass guy. Right. Grass wow, is the one yeah. where people are still not very good at it. Yeah. Um. It bounces so low. The grass. It's so low. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a tough surface to play on. Um, you know what, Tammy? Yeah. Let's do this. Since the Zoom here is going to expire in five minutes. Actually, you know what? <laughs> we have time to do five more minutes. Then we can. Then I would like to uh, get back on to reset that okay. clock if we can. 
if, if, okay. you, have, if you have time for that. Um, okay. But um, one question before then. Okay. Okay. If Carlos... Okay, so, you know, Federer's gone. Rafa's not looking so hot right now. Um, Medvedev, he flamed out early here. Um, and Alcaraz... Alcaraz was the guy that could challenge Djokovic. And it was no contest. It was a TKO. So the question is, if Carlos Alcaraz can't challenge Novak Djokovic in 2023, who can? I mean, you know the saying... Anybody can beat anybody on a given day. You know, it's, it's, you know, even when he, you know, Alcrez, he could have came back at any moment. I mean, it's still tough playing those people when they're injured, you know? So, I mean, I never can say, you know, it's automatic that he'll win, but it's obviously, you know, it's in his favor. But I mean, Rune, Rune is definitely up there. You know, Sinner can have his days. Do I think they're Djokovic material yet? I mean, and especially when now Djokovic can play, uh, he no longer has the, um, um, what am I trying to say? He, he can get Travel in the countries and play now. Yeah, he doesn't have the restrictions anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just going to get better and better. You know, I mean, he's doing this without even hardly playing. Um, even though his schedule is modified now, you know, as he's getting older and all of that. So he's still not going to play like he once did. You know, that this, and I know we have five minutes, so I'll make this fast. But, you know, when he was winning, 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 I mean, that's unbelievable when you go to the end of a tournament and then you have to do that the next time and then the next time and then the next time. And a lot of these players, they play, they lose first, second round. They get to rest for a little while. When he was in his prime, like he had no rest and he just kept going from tournament to tournament, you know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, I play and I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need a rest, <laughs> you know? especially in this Florida heat. But, um, but anyway, um, I, I think they're all just going to get better and better. And, and I think it's going to, again, I think Alcaraz already made Djokovic better because he was so worried and, you know, not being out there and seeing how he was going to compare to him and stuff. So I'm sure Alcaraz learned so much from this and he's going to even be better the next time, you know. But I think Rune is another one. Don't you? Do you like Rune? I, I haven't seen him play that much, but he beat he beat Djokovic in the Paris indoor yeah. final uh-huh. to win yep. the 1,000. So that was a big deal. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's a fighter. I mean, he's another one. He doesn't. Oh, but quit, Tammy, you know? he did not fight the other day against Rude. That was a disgrace. No, it was a disgrace. But I think he was purely exhausted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and you know what, Tammy? The lesson there is: don't go five sets against Francisco Sarandolo. <laughs> yeah, right. That guy's good in a way. Yeah. right? he's not bad. He, you know, he made the semis <laughs> in Miami last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of up and coming, you know, but I think they have a little time to beat Djokovic on a regular basis. You know, they all might get lucky here and there. But and again, in the five sets, you know, that's that's even tougher, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Who do you like? Um, who, who do I like to challenge Djokovic? Yes. I think I, I would say his greatest threat at Wimbledon would be center because um, they hmm. went five sets last year. And I, I would say mm-hmm. at the U.S. Open, his greatest threat would be Medvedev, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, it could be a, it could be a random guy. It's happened before. I mean, Al- yep. Alcaraz lost in Rome the other week to Fabian Marajan. 
So 132 or something? Or yeah. was that Medvedev's guy? It, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Oh, and yeah. Djokovic had that in his career, too, where he lost to people like that. Yeah. You know? And, you know, Medvedev lost to uh, Vild or Wild. Oh, yeah, Wild. That guy was good, too. You're like, how are these people, like, 100 and something, they're so good, right? Yep. God, that's how good you have to be. I mean, to be number one in the world for how many years now? How many? He's done it for seven straight years yeah. now. That's um, in, that's crazy. Hey, Tammy, we're going to have to sort of take a, a short break here because we're going to run okay. out of time here. So could you, okay. uh, would you mind giving me like 15 more minutes? Yeah, sure. That'd no problem. Great. So what's going to okay. happen here is um, I'm going to send you another link and then we'll, we'll do okay. another meeting. Okay. Okay. Sounds so good. I'll, okay. I'll email that to you right now. Okay. See sounds in, good. See you in one minute. Okay. Thank bye, you, Tammy. No, thanks. Bye. Okay. And we're still live here. We're going to do another meeting here with our Zoom listeners. Okay. New meeting on Zoom. And we join with computer audio. And uh, we need to get an invite link here. Where do I get my invite link? Record, chat, participants, invite, email, copy, invite link. Now we go to my uh, email account here. We get over there. And um, we go to Tammy's email address. And we send that link. And we email that. And that's going into the email now. And uh, waiting for her to hop back on here. Okay. Let's see. All right. Well, we're uh, waiting for Tammy to uh, reappear. We're not going to cut any of this. I'm going to leave this into the podcast. So what can I say while we're waiting here? So, yeah. Um, it is 11.44 a.m., on the west coast out here and at this point it's probably been just a little over two hours since Djokovic won two hours 15 minutes um and um he defeated Casper Ruud let's get that score line let's look at the stats there so let me pull that up here this is good good live radio here everyone so Djokovic uh Djokovic got the win today over Casper Ruud Number three seed, Novak Djokovic, defeated number four seed, Casper Ruud, in the Roland Garros Men's Singles Championship. 6-3, or sorry, 7-6, I was unable to watch the whole match due to family obligations that I had in the second and third sets, but... Um, um, it, it, it had a coronation feel to me. This is one of those where talking about the X's and O's of the match is not really going to do that much for me because, um, it was just so much, um, oh, and Tammy says she doesn't have it. Um, let's see here. Check it again. Let's see, because I, I emailed that email. Let me double check that I did that here. 
Oh, this is totally staying in. To at AOL. Yeah. It should be there. Yeah. Okay. It should be there. Right, Tammy? You got that? It should be there. If I don't get this figured out in the next 30 seconds, I am going to have to take a break here. You know what? I should probably take a break right now. So I will see you guys in a moment. All right, and we are we're back. You got me? Yes, sorry right. about that. It went into spam. No problem. And uh, <laughs> maybe we should quit while we're ahead. That way you were happy with that. No, I just I have a like, couple more. But um, Okay. <laughs> but thanks for giving me this much time, Tammy. You're going to set the I record. I looked at the clock and I'm like, I can't believe we talked for 45 minutes. I know, because this is good, because we're like, right. we're two hopeless nerds about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. So I just have a couple more questions for you. Short answers. Okay, I hope I have good answers. I hope I have good answers. <laughs> is Novak Djokovic the greatest male player of all time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Am I? Mean, yes. Um, I think today a lot more people are probably gonna um, agree with that. Uh, who who's been your favorite players trip over the years? My favorite players. Let's see. Yeah, Federer one, right? Federer, Djokovic. Let's go backwards now. Medvedev. Um, oh yeah, I like him. I like him too. I like Safin. Two two oh. uh, two Safin name drops in the same podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, who else really. do I like? Wait, get that in there. <laughs> Roddick. I liked Andy Roddick. Yeah. Did you like John McEnroe? I was a big fan of John McEnroe. That was way before my time. Okay. In terms of players. <laughs> I'm showing my age. Yeah. yeah. I know he's not the greatest sportscaster in a way. Um, no, no qualifications there, Tammy. He is not the greatest <laughs> sportscaster, period. He's well, awful. He makes it. He makes it fun in a way. You know, in a way, I maybe I understand your point that he doesn't really come and do his homework. He just shows up and he's just John McEnroe and he's good with that. But man, this guy but, just has to want it more than he ever has. <laughs> he's going to have to dig deep. Yeah. yeah, He says the same thing. I know every time I agree with you. But again, he should have won that point with- a couple times, but it's amazing. He didn't. <laughs> So you know more of the behind the scenes stuff. So, but again, you know he was not well behaved. So he was not well mannered, and he didn't do things the way he was supposed to do. So I guess I'm on a roll there. <laughs> you know, so, I like when people are just who they are. I guess. So now here's the real question: Is Novak okay. Djokovic the greatest tennis player of all time? And basically, what I'm asking yeah. here is: Is he better than Serena? I know you're asking that, and I'm going to have a long answer for you in a way. Great, let's go. Um, so. I was just thinking about this. Serena, in my opinion, is is the goat for the girls. Um, I wasn't always a big fan of Serena. Um, you know, I don't like her little, you know, outbursts and threatening lines people and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, but tennis wise, I mean, she brought that to another level. Um, you know, again, we grew up with Chris Everett, who you know was you know, pretty well-mannered and all that kind of stuff. So Serena didn't really fit in that mold. So that's huh, the opposite of what I'm saying with guys kind of, huh? But um, when, oh, how can I say this? When 
women or men play college tennis, there's this thing called universal tennis rating, UTR. And it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy, it doesn't matter your age or whatever. They put everybody in one category. Um, so at that time, when I kept on top of that, let's say, you know, Nadell was the number one uh, guy in the world. And his UTR rating would be, let's say, 16.8, almost 17. Okay. Um, college players, top, top college players would be around 13, 14. Some of them maybe get to 15 as a top player, just to kind of put that in perspective a little bit. Um, so if you were at a club and you wanted to play somebody, and let's say you went on UTR and you said, okay, well, I want to play somebody similar to me. I'm like a seven. I, I might get a 10-year-old boy. You know, you don't know. A seven is a seven. It didn't matter. The highest Serena ever was UTR was like 13, maybe close to a 14, which is why when McEnroe said that, most guys would beat her because college players were ranked higher than her in a UTR. So I'm don't ever want to say that girls can't do things as well as guys, but physically, you know, we're just don't have that kind of power and stuff. So I'm going to have to say that a guy is still overall going to be a better player. Does that make sense? That's not necessarily what I'm getting at, though. I I'm kind of thinking. Okay. I'm thinking of it like it was Serena more dominant in her sport than Djokovic was okay. in his, and I still think the answer is yes. Serena's more yeah. dominant. That's probably true in in that way. As as in a way, yeah. I I, w I would agree with you on that. But that's who. I mean, who was her toughest competition? Like you know, she wasn't playing Hennen with for the a while. Other Tenon, right? But so, who who are the other best women tennis players of all times? Who would you say, Martina Navratilova? They're all from the past, right? She didn't have to play with them at her time, where Djokovic is playing Nadal and Federer's and stuff. So his competition, he couldn't really dominate it. That's a good like point, her, right? But I would say uh, Djokovic. Yeah. Djokovic probably had to play tougher matches against like the, all the other players, like. Like, right, Vavrinka had his number for a while, um, right? And like, yeah. you know, Serena's not really known for playing three set marathons, you know? Right. Yeah. No, what I do think though is that if Serena would have put it as a priority the way Djokovic does in his life, I think she could have even surpassed her own records. You know, they got into fashion, or you know, they wouldn't be around for a while, or you know, they didn't really watch their fitness as well and stuff like that i mean who knows how far she could have gone you know um which it worked for them in a way because they didn't burn out like a lot of the other players you know they played way longer than other people did and you know before them um so in that way it kind of worked but i feel like she could have i'm i'm amazed she didn't beat or at least tie margaret court's 24 yep I am you know because well. she should have she should have and you know, and then she, you know, had a child and that even made it harder to come back. And and I still think she should have. I, I just yep. think the pressure got to her. I think it was mental is the only reason that it, she didn't, you know. And she kind of but. said as much, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and now she's pregnant again. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yeah. Um, she's expecting her next child. Yep. One word <laughs> answer. 
was today Djokovic's last Grand Slam title, yes or no? No. <laughs> he said it himself in the interview. <laughs> he said he's excited for the next one. Can I keep it coming? He's on a yeah. roll. He's won uh, Wimbledon four straight times. So Four straight times. Can put, you believe put, that? Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Roger Federer. Yeah, but he has a chance. He's, he's got both slams already this year, so he has a, a chance to get all four again. Yeah. And I don't think he would retire until after the Olympics next year because True. he has a chance one more time to try to get the gold slam. Yep, that's the one thing he doesn't slam. have. So I don't see him retiring until after that. He could Brady it up. He could go another five years. Yeah, he could Brady it up. Maybe he's talking to Brady on how to do that. Yeah, that's why he was in the box. <laughs> right. We have a new customer for the TB12 method right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, I, um, I don't like Brady as much as I like Djokovic. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that, is that 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 could be a problem because if they're buddies, that could be a problem. For I you. know. I saw that and I was like, oh no! Right. <laughs> so now we can let's go to some other subjects here. Um, okay. Iga Swiatek, four-time <laughs> major winner. She's the wow. mo- the most. So the active players with four majors: it's her, it's Venus, and it's Osaka. And obviously, those two players are not on the upswing right now. And in addition, Sviantek nice is the youngest that. player with four Grand Slams since Serena in 2002. What do we think wow. about Iga Sviantek right now? Wow. <laughs> He's amazing. I'm amazed at that match yesterday because that, that, uh, she was a Czechoslovakian, right? Yeah. She, Mahova. Uh, Mahova. I didn't want to say the name, <laughs> but because um, I'll mess that up. Um, she, wow, she gave her a run for her money. She really could have won that match. I was amazed. I didn't even think she'd come close. Um, I mean, Barty would have given Swatik the best competition, and you know she, you know she's pregnant too, right? Or did she already have the baby? I don't um, know. She's out of here, so I'm not paying attention. Yeah, she's to Barty. out of there. So I don't really know many people that are going to give her, I mean, Sabalenka, but she's, you know, I don't know about Sabalenka sometimes. uh, Mukova, (laughs) just if she had pulled it off, she would have defeated the number two in the semis from 5-2 match point down. And she would have beaten the number one in in the finals from 2-6 love three. She almost got there. She almost did it. It was amazing. The thing I don't like about Swatek is that and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, so sorry if I'm not, is she's, for as good as she is, and great, as a matter of fact, she's kind of a whiner. Like, you know, she has, like, this great game going, and she'll miss, like, one or two shots, or the other person will have some good shots, and she gets kind of whiny. I kind of get what you mean, Tammy, and, like, here's (laughs) why. She she wants to win 6-love, 6-love, and when she lost a couple games to get Mm -hmm. to, like, 6-2, 3-all yesterday, that upset Mm -hmm. her. Yes. And, and she let that cost her the rest of the set. Yes, it almost cost her the whole match. But And, 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 and here's one thing, Tammy, but we have to be careful about this. Is that a sexist thought? No. Is, is I answered it, that fast, is, didn't is I? It, so what I'm going to say it is, no. So I know people, and they're guys, and I won't say who because I don't want to put their name out here. They're perfectionists, right? And in order to be amazing tennis player you have to be a perfectionist right but a perfectionist can make you or break you okay and because you work so hard and you have to be a perfectionist 
to get where you're going, but the least little thing bothers you because you're not perfect. And that's not sexist. They do that in guys or girls, right? And she's, you know, Djokovic, for instance, you know, he had moments actually in the Alcaraz match where he was missing some really easy shots. And, you know, you see the best of them. They can shrug that off. I remember them saying was good things about Federer and Adele is like they almost like forget that. They're, they forget their losses. They forget their bad shots. And they just go right on to the next point, you know. So I think it's very important to get to that. And if she, I think she'll get trained, you know, because you got everybody in the world out there helping you now. But they'll train her because if she lets that get to her, it, it, it could be a problem for her. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, and she, um, in Australia, she lost to Rabakana, and she, there were questions about her ment or about Sviantek's mentality at that time. I mean, mm -hmm. just, just the other week, she retired in Rome for mm -hmm. basically, you know, mm -hmm. people were accusing her of quitting just because she wanted to quit, basically. Like there was no <laughs> because injury. She's not winning, which I agree. I felt like she did that on a few matches, actually, and then all of a sudden she'd say she have an injury. But you know, it worked out, yeah. right? She's got the trophy yeah. at the end of it. But you know, Rabakina is another one. I mean, she gives her a ride for her money too, and she had to pull out of this tournament. Um, so she's somebody that maybe, maybe um, could challenge her. Do you agree? Um, who, about Rabakina challenging her. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, she already has, yeah. and we're yep. coming up on Wimbledon, which is Rabakina's yep. best and Sviantek's yep. worst. Yep. So that should yep. be interesting. And if, you can, if you could work on Swatek's, you know, confidence, you know, that, that could work for you. You know, if she loses a few more matches and she doesn't get that mental strength better, it, it, could, it could hurt her. So we'll have to watch and see, right? So uh, obviously Sabalenka challenges her. I mean, Sabalenka won the last one against her, right? Um, against Fiontech? Yeah, she, she won. Yeah, she won Australian, didn't she? Sabalenka. Sabalenka beat Rabakina in the finals of the Australian. Yeah. So you know, so Sabalenka's up there. Rabakina's up there. So she has some people challenging her. Swatek, you know. Yep, and we'll see how that goes going forward. Okay, so just a Rabakina has the best mental game of all of them, don't you think? I think I don't know about that because I mean Sviantek's won three out of the last five majors, so that takes some mm -hmm. pretty strong men mentality. That is a very good point. Um, yes, but Rabak, I think I think we can say there's a big three in the WTA right now, and it's Sviantek, Rabakina, and Sabalenka. Yep, agreed. Yep. So let's talk about quickly um, the. You don't the, put Pagula up there, do you? Then I don't. So yeah, I, I don't either. I, her chance was Australia yep. this year, and she missed her chance. Yep. yep. Yeah, she's got to do something to get to the next level. She's kind of stuck. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Roland, anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Roland Garros 2023. As a viewer, give me a letter grade. How was this tournament? Ooh. Oh I, I, wow! I, I'm gonna go. Tammy, I'm I'm kind of cynical on this. I'm gonna go. I know you are. I'm gonna go D plus. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. It wasn't a good tournament. Oh uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's a tough one for me. 
those fans were out of control. They were out of control. The fans I, I, are squishhead morons, Tammy. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. That, as a matter of fact, I was watching TV at Marsh Creek yesterday. I played, and then I, I came in to watch the girls really fast, and I was sitting next to a French guy, and he's like, oh, I was I was actually at a French Open last year, and I looked at him, and I said, boy, those fans have really been bad this year, haven't they? And he was like, I don't ever remember it like that. I was just there last year. I don't remember it like that at all. So, like, even the French guy was saying, and you know, French, don't put down other French. So, no. Um, no. So, for him to say that was something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's still a slam, you know? So, you, it's still you gotta amazing. give me the letter grade. Are we going higher yeah. than a D plus or what? Well, I wanna say one more thing. When I went to the French in 2008, see, I actually have a date. There was no roofs. There was no lights. Okay. So I have to give them credit for that. You know, they're, they do have roofs now. I mean, like I said, I go to France, you know, when's am I ever going to do this again? And I got rained out and I, there's no rain ticket, you know? So people do not understand how important those roofs are for people. If you're paying tickets to go see these events, because if you're rained out, you're a SOL, you know? So I, I appreciate that. I, I, I like that a lot that they put roofs on, um, that they're playing some night matches now um, for people who work that can go to the night matches. So because I disagree. Of that, and that, that's the next I'm, question. Yeah, I'm going to give them B minus. Whoa. <laughs> and I know that's high. I know. That is very it's almost, high. It's almost a C because you got to say it's good at least. It's tennis. And it's a slam, so it's got to be good, right? There were oh, some really good matches. Oh, Tammy, you're going the John Wertheim grading route here. It's crushing to me. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll go with C. How, how's that? C plus. I'm going to give it a, a C. No, I'll just go with C. Oh, okay. It was good. Okay. I'm going to go with C. All and right. that's not because of the French. It's just because some of the matches were so good. Yep. Like, and... what, did you see that Moffies match? I, I didn't. I was busy that day, but it was incredible scenes. It was one of the best matches. It was so exciting. Like, so I have to give it that just because the match is like that. Shout out to Gael Monfils, man. So, yeah. I mean, th yeah. he made so the semifinals of Roland Garros 2008, which you were at at one point. Um, yes. It was Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and Monfils. And 15 years later, Two of those guys, Djokovic and Monfils, <laughs> they won their first round. So wow. shout That's out to Gael Monfils, man. He's still going. Yeah, he's still going strong. And uh, did you see the Taylor Fritz match? Um, with, with, oh, uh, with the with shushing, that other yes. <laughs> that was hysterical. That was the greatest thing ever. But Taylor <laughs> and then Fritz. He put the, emoji, the emoji on his uh, social yeah, media. Yeah, that was so today. good. That was so good. They deserved that. They were so out of control. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so it was exciting. And I, and when all slams are over, I'm sad for several days. <laughs> because yep. I don't get to watch it. And one so, more about anyway. the tournament. I'm going to make a statement okay. here, and you can agree or disagree. So okay. night matches. Number one, thumbs down. They stink because it's only one match. And number two, almost mm. all of them last year and this year were men's matches. Sexism. Mm -hmm. It's sexist. Yes, sexism. It's sexist. Yes. Oh God! I, and okay, this is a good topic because um, I work Miami Open. I work some of the other tournaments, and the way that they do it 
is there's always a woman's match and a night yeah, night match just a have men's two. match. Why is it only and you, one? And they always alternate it. So the first night the women go first, the men go second. The next night the man goes first, the women go second. I can't even see how they're getting away with that. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the other thing is a lot of times the women matches, and I don't know, but those those stadiums were empty sometimes. And I don't know if that was just because it was women or because it was earlier in the day and then it would fill up more as it went on. Um, but the French certainly did not seem to enjoy women's matches as much as men's matches. <laughs> and that's why the decision gets made. And we, we also need to mention Amelie Moresmo here, a woman who right. is the tournament director. She's running it. Right. Yeah. It's very Absolutely. bad. And very bad. Um, it's a yeah. case and it's a case of a woman being put in charge of a man's system. She's being yes. used by the men. I would agree with that. Yes. It's sad. Yeah, she didn't she did not look happy, did she? I'm wondering if she will still be there next year. Yeah. Does that pay? Is that a good paying job? I would imagine it is. I don't right? know. I mean, how much money does James Blake get for running the Miami Open? Miami Open. Well, you know, and you've got um What's that guy? Uh, Tommy Thomas, Tommy Haas. That, Tommy Haas that runs the Indian, Indian Wells. Wells. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it must be because more and more. Be- oh, you've got uh, what's his name? Uh, Lopez. He runs. Madrid. What does he run? Uh, Madrid, right? Yeah. So there, there more and more of them are doing it. So it, it must pay for sure. You know. Absolutely. So anyway, but I, I believe Maresmo is about the only girl I can think that's doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to have to think about that. Um, you know, I, here's a question for you. Okay. You know, are men's tennis matches more attended by than women's tennis? So let's say uh, WTA playing and ATP's playing. Do, do they, do they, is it, do you know what the answer is? It. I don't, but it have to be the ATP, you would think. I would think. Um, now, me growing up, I was much more about the women's tennis, much more about women's tennis. Um, but then when I had sons that played and played college and I really started to understand men's tennis, you know, now I, I, I am about 50, 50, but I don't know. I probably like men's a little bit more right now, but I mean, I know a lot of people, even men that, that just want to watch women's tennis, you know, um, the WTA so I, is I, better right now and it has been for a while. Yeah. They have so, more I mean, star players. A, yeah. You know, people want to see it. And and another thing is doubles, you know, and I know it's still not getting the attendance, but it's such a shame because country club, almost everybody's playing doubles. Hardly anybody plays singles. So for me, I want to watch doubles because that's what I'm playing every day, you know, and I want to see what they're doing. I could not find the men's doubles match yesterday on TV anywhere. And I knew one of the kids that was playing in it, Austin Krychek. Um, he used to play in Florida. He used to play at Marsh Creek with Joey Burkhardt. So did he really? Yes. And John used to like hit with them and stuff. John used and to hit with Austin Krychek. I believe so. When Joey was there now, you'll have to ask John. I'm not yeah. sure, but I know Joey, he, John and Joey, you know, trained together and Joey would bring in, you know, some of the people and Austin was one of the people that Joey would hit with. So I'm pretty sure John was around during that time. So I asked John about it yesterday, and so we looked it up, and I believe last year Austin Krychek was also in the final, and they lost it, and John sent me the stats. They were ahead in every single stat 
but break point. They were zero for ten. That's <laughs> and that's... the other team was one and one, and they won it. Yep. <laughs> the one and break. And so they played yesterday, and and Krychek won it, and they won it pretty easily. I think it was like six three six one, and um, it was against a, a Belgium team, which actually you know my husband. So, um, anyway, so it was pretty interesting. But I could not find that match. I could I I never got to see it. But they did show the ladies today. So I don't know if on I on tape just, delay. Yeah, on tape delay. Yeah. And Tammy, this would be like a another two hours. And like you know me, like if there's one thing that I'm really good at in tennis, it's it's talking about tennis media. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you have to buy like four things. Like you have yes. to buy Tennis Channel Plus. You have to buy yep. Tennis TV. You have yep. to have Peacock for two weeks a year. Um, ESPN. You need, to, you need to have ESPN, ESPN Plus and plus, ESPN. Yep. Cable yep. and the extra channel. part. So, tennis channel regular yeah and like it's a it's a disaster <laughs> it's a disaster and so now they're advertising i don't know if you've seen this but you can now get tennis channel on youtube uh, on youtube tv maybe is that it yes yeah. youtube tv yeah and so but i'm not really sure how they're advertising it because they're also they they said there's three things now they said there's tennis channel tennis channel two and tennis channel plus and then they're <laughs> advertising that they're going to do it for free but then so i i know this friend of mine who wanted to watch it and doesn't you know can't afford cable so i'm like oh you can go to youtube now but i think they meant you have to be subscribed to their youtube tv, uh, YouTube TV and then you get the tennis channel and the tennis channel too for free that that because sounds like it'd be correct find it yeah yeah so i haven't gotten to look into that yet but so now more outlets but anyway i checked all of those things oh and then today we had nbc <laughs> so um and now they're done for another year thank god and now they're done <laughs> yes but you know what else they're having trouble with is getting people to sportscast them <laughs> if you turn on tennis channel plus half the time there's nobody narrating the the thing you just watch and you, you know what tammy i'm cool <laughs> with that yeah, I'm cool with that. Sometimes I was watching and didn't even realize it. It was like an hour yeah. that there wasn't anybody narrating it, you know. So anyway, so interesting. But, you know, uh, before your time, I know. But <laughs> when I grew up, you know, you had to wait for the weekend. And then you'd have to wait for NBC or somebody to televise it towards the end. Yeah. And then nine out of ten times, it got rained out. <laughs> and so you didn't get to see it at all. Uh, yep. And you know, we'll, we'll just kind of we'll leave this here because I could go for another yeah. hour on that. But yeah. twelve years ago, three of the majors were on network, and now yeah, two days right? of one major are on network. Right. So we're slowly getting there, but yeah. hopefully we'll get some more doubles matches because most of us are playing doubles. We're not playing singles, you know. That is true. And so I feel like more and more now they're showing pickleball. You know, you can watch pickleball. Watch. <laughs> The French Open doubles match. You know, you're like, really? I'm watching pickleball instead? Boo. So, anyway. Yeah, boo, I know. <laughs> so, All right, last topic, anyway. Tammy. And you've yeah. been, you've been, this has been legendary, so I appreciate oh, that. Yeah, legendary. Right. So last thing I want to do here is. Uh, uh, yeah, please edit it a lot. <laughs> um, Especially all my giggling. <laughs> um. Uh, yes. Um, th th there's going to be no editing. Well, this this is yeah. what it's going to be. Um, Don't even uh, 
say that. <laughs> um, okay, last thing. I want to go over our predictions real quick, just as a refresher. Okay. So here's okay. what I asked back in December. Um, okay. Who will finish 2023 as the WTA number one? We both said Shviantek. Um Who will finish 2023 as the ATP number one? You said Djokovic, and I said Casper Ruud. Um, <laughs> but so hey, he, he made the finals today, so maybe he that can is... still do it. So um, true. So who, true. He's working on it. <laughs> who will the major winners be this year? Now, I said Djokovic won, Alcaraz won, Sinner won, and Rude won. So I had four different players. So if Rude had won today, I would, I would still be on track for perfection. But Correct. I, I'm already wrong. But you. But, but you still could get it in there, but go ahead. You said Djokovic 2, Alcaraz 1, and Medvedev 1. So you're mm. correct so far. But the interesting far. thing is, yeah. you said yeah. Djokovic would win Wimbledon and the U.S. Open for his two. And he's won wow. the other two. Yeah, and but I didn't realize Nadal would not be in there. But then I didn't even pick him. So that's um, weird. WTA, <laughs> we had I had Sviantek winning two, Goff one, and then Kinwen Zhang won. So I'm already wrong on that. <laughs> And you are also wrong because you had Sviantek winning two, Garcia won, and Rabakina won. So you can't get that perfect. I can't. I'm close. Yeah. Um, Rabakina, she almost won that. She did. And um, the Australian, so I would have had her. And those are the big prediction categories. I don't know what I was thinking with Garcia, I got to tell you. <laughs> she did last summer. I know well she was on summer. a roll there. She was on a roll, but then, man, she – I would uh. – I, I wish I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> I should have said Sabalenka instead of her. <laughs> um, yeah. All yeah. right. And um, Wimbledon pick. <laughs> but, but Trip, those are always fun to do in December. And yes, I want to keep are. doing that. It Absolutely. makes all the, the slams more fun, you know. Next December 22nd or 23rd or whatever. <laughs> I know. We'll meet again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one word. Wimbledon champion. Two words. Give me Wimbledon yeah. champions. Yeah, I'm going with today's. Djokovic and Swatek. For me, Djokovic and... Rabakina. Sabalenka. Are you really? A Belarusian winning Wimbledon the year after the ban. Let's go. <laughs> well, she better keep her mouth shut in the press room. That's right. All right, Tammy. Wait, I got. Wait, I got to ask you one. It was. Oh, okay. it might not be a good thing to end on, though. But did she really say she loved Putin? No, those were my words that I said. That's okay. how I characterized it. Okay, by what she said, it seems that way. But, right, I agree. That, okay, that, because that was, she was inferring that. Yes. Yeah, well, because I agree. Like, um, we had some friends. They adopted a bunch of children from Russia. And so they keep track of, you know, people in Russia. And they said that the country doesn't even know half of what's really going on, that they're not educated and they believe other things, you know. Um, so there, so I, I've had heard that, you know, so maybe she doesn't know what's going on. I mean, it would hard to believe with all her traveling. And but I mean, I know everybody says that politics and sports should not go together. But I mean, you're not that far away, especially when they're traveling in Europe right now. You know, with that going on, so it's Polit a difficult situation. 
Politics know? and sports have always been intertwined, and anyone who says otherwise is not being intellectually honest. That's true. I agree. And that's going to be what we're going to end on. Yay! Okay, Okay, well, hopefully the next one, that'll be over with and we won't have to talk about it anymore, right? Tammy, this was absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Thank you, You did great. Thank you, Tripp. I appreciate it. (laughs) it will be appearing this evening in your podcast feed. Share it with all your friends. Tell all your friends. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. Tell all my friends. Subscribe and download Tripp's Tennis Talk. Trip's tennis talk. My husband listens to it. Um, Trip, do you hate listening to your own voice? Because I hate listening to my own voice. That's an interesting question. Most (laughs) most of the time, yeah. But yeah, I I I will say I have listened to the to my own podcast before just to see how it turned out. (laughs) Yeah, you would have to more comfortable with that than I would have. You're getting used to it now. A few years ago, yeah. All right, so I'll try to keep that in mind when I'm listening. But yeah, I'll tell everybody I can to get to listen to it, okay? All right, Tammy, thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye, Trip. Bye, Tammy. That was such a great conversation, wasn't it? I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to that because it was a blast to talk to Tammy today. So that's Roland Garros in the books. We are halfway through the Grand Slam season. Wimbledon is only a couple weeks away. And you will hear from me more during the grass season. I am in my off-season from work right now in more ways than one. Hey, <laughs> And um, so um, I look forward to posting some more podcasts. Um as usual, I'm going to react to what happens on the tour. And it's also notable, I now have access to Netflix. So you guys know what tennis-related thing is on Netflix. So um, I'm going to be working on a project relating to that show that um, I would expect to pop up in this feed at some point. Maybe not necessarily imminently, but certainly... In 2023, I would expect those to appear. Also, make sure you go through the Trips Tennis Talk archives. Um, Matt Zemek has been on this podcast twice. He is a writer at Tennis with an Accent. Um, They have produced their own content for Roland Garros, so go check out Matt's work. Um, Also, go back and listen to the first Championship Weekend Megapod featuring Madeline, my other Marsh Creek co-worker, and we're approaching 50 episodes, so there's a lot to go back and choose from in the archives. Also, go back and check out my preseason predictions podcast with Bill. Interesting to listen to those now when we're at the halfway mark of the season. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, I'd like to thank Argon Productions for all their work in the other divisions, not just the podcast division, but um, in our uh, Scholastic Broadcast division in, in recent weeks. And um, a lot of uh, streaming work has gone into the Argon Games division um, as it relates to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So... Um, it's been a busy time at Argon Productions, but now the podcast division is back 
three T's is back, baby. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. on NBC is brought to you by U.S. Bank. The capital of a bank should be a reality, not a fiction. And by Tennis Warehouse. Order and ship the same day. Novak Djokovic is on the top of Apex Mountain. Just past whatever time it is here in Paris. And he's better than he was. Who would have ever thought that he could get to the top of this mountain? I certainly can't believe it, Dan. Okay. <laughs>